Heels, brought to you by Baseline Times. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Heels of Wrestling, and we are back with another beautiful episode. And this week with me, I've got my co-hosts, Bobby. What up? What up? What up? And I've got my man, Adam. Adam was good. Hello, Marcus. Bobby, good to see you again. And this week with us, we've got a special guest. You've heard him before. He's not new to the show. But he's always a special guest to have. Marcus Gibbs, what's going on? Man, not much, you know, enjoying the nice hot summer day on the beach of northern Florida. Alabama's Florida. Oh, man, that's the worst. Second worst worst Florida. It's like if you have the best beaches in the world, but then you live next to, like, uh, Alabama. (laughs) Yeah, same same goodie. Yeah, it's like Iran. (laughs) Yeah. So Marcus, I heard you have a story to tell about um, yourself. I think, right? Yeah, I got a, I got a whole, yeah, I got a career kind of touch on. I, I forgot about it last time we was there. All right, so let's do a solid favor. Let's start from the genesis of your career, Marcus Gibbs. What made you want to become the wrestler you are today? Okay, well, this is what it was. You know, I've, you know, like as long as I remembered, I. I've always liked wrestling. I've always watched it. Like my earliest member uh, memory is that uh, the Hulk Hogan show, uh, the cartoon Rock and Wrestling, where they had all the funky cars, you know, and all of that. Uh-huh. And you know, the big boom, Hulk Hogan explosion, es, you know, not ESPN. That's a little bit later, but you know, NBC Saturday Night's main event, Andre the Giant WrestleMania three build up. Like that's my earliest memory is that that the big body slam. Oh, um, okay, okay. Vitamins, prayers. Um, or I, well, actually, you know what? Before that, Rowdy Piper, like Rowdy Piper, WrestleMania one was my my earliest memory. Oh, okay. I remember Rowdy Piper was the big villainous, you know, and you know, antagonist for Hulk Hogan. Um, so I grow up and I'm always watching, and I'm a fan of Hulk Hogan and Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog, and I like Rowdy Piper, uh, you know, Nikolai Volkov. On, you know those guys, the 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 classics, the, the man, pan- the classics. yeah, yeah, the, the the pantheon of modern wrestling, modern TV mm. wrestling. Mm. So, you know, I get into sports. Yep, martial arts here, basketball. I, you know, so I've always been a lifelong athlete and everything. And basically, what got me to wanting to be in the professional wrestling business is the minute that I that I found out that there's wrestling on the indie level that there's guys that are in my town guys. I don't necessarily know. Um, I uh-huh. you know, maybe I was like 12 or 13 years old. I saw like some cable access show when I was living in North Carolina and I saw some indie stuff and I was just like, Oh, okay. It's on our level. I think I want to do that. So basically that was a wrap. And then I just been on the hunt. <laughs> All right. So you say you've been on the hunt. What was your first, what was your first kill? What was your first match? And how did it go? My first match, okay. Technically, when I when I was breaking in, I, st- I started training maybe 2000, 2005. No, actually, no. Early part, yeah. In part of 2005, 2006 is when I was kind of training. And uh, basically, two months into my training, uh, and this is a funny story, I go to the building to put up the ring and do all that stuff, put out chairs. And I'm there and I'm mm-hmm. just sitting around and we get a call. The promoter gets a call and he's just like, well, one referee, Frog Lane, Frog Lane can't make it because he's in Daytona. He's watching the, the Daytona five, 500. 
So, you know, he's out. And, you know, they said, well, at least we have one referee. And the other referee, his name was Roger. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger worked worked a rough mechanic job. Like he worked at a tire shop, so he's sweating out and everything. He shows up, and he's he's wearing very loose shorts, okay? Loose short shorts, and he's holding the legs out, right? And he's walking wide-legged. He comes okay. to the promoter, and he was just like, hey. Yeah. Was Roger, Roger <laughs> Dare today, just like a weird inflection of Roger Dirt, like because he had a mullet. You know, he's from the 80s. <laughs> So he comes walking in like a cowboy holding his pants like of these very loose, provocative shorts. And he's like, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to to do the show because I was just at the hospital getting an abscess lanced off my scrotum. Oh, that's unpleasant. (laughs) Plus squeezed out of his scrotum from a staph infection. So Hmm. the promoter doesn't break, doesn't even break stride. He turns around, looks at me and he's like, well. Marcus has got like two months of training and he can take Ric Flair bumps. He can ref. So, so I drive, you know, since I got there that morning, I drive back, I drive like 20 miles back home, find some dress pants. Um, the only pants I could find is pants that are like skin tight dress pants. It's hilarious. And I buy a ref shirt and uh-huh. I go back there and they basically tell me like, you're going to be a ref tonight. And they basically talk to a ref and like, 30 minutes and they said okay well kid you're on your way so i started off as a ref and my first match was a match between a guy named uh, a guy who it was uh, was training me named omega or he named cyrus levey you know he was kind of a big deal uh around louisiana mississippi and texas you know it's a guy you know he's like six four looks like uh glenn danzing he knew wore face paint because he was doing this thing because he was a big fan of kabuki and a guy named ricky rocket a guy named Ricky Rocket, mm. he was kind of like a mobile boy, big rough, tough boy. He used to do a, like a convict gimmick, but he's kind of like a kid rock gimmick. And that was my like my first match that I was actually involved in. And basically, I was messing up spots, and they were kind of cussing me out under my breath. And then as <laughs> I get back, oh, man, you know what, kids, you did good. This is your first, you, you know, your first time. You'll figure it out. So basically, that all, you know, that whole night that, you know, they just told me to stay out of the way and make the count for real. And, uh, yeah, for the, like the next two years maybe I, I would get a match here and there but it wasn't really nothing well you know yeah you know a lot of it was just working out in you know like in the ring here and there but until mm-hmm. maybe the end of end of that year and a half they kind of put me in the ring they put me in this angle so my first official in-ring match was a guy against against a guy named uh the bruiserweight maze or johnny maze and it was like a nice uh like four minute match you know referee and I hit a bunch of like crazy arm drags and stuff like that, you know, little paint by numbers match. It got over and it was nice. You know, the promoter thought it was going to be craptastic. It, I mean, uh, it really, it, you know, it wasn't too crappy, you know, I mean, I mean, it was okay. Is there footage of this match? Yes. Yes. I mean, I oversold a little bit, but it, I mean, <laughs> I oversold cause I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to gauge it. They just said, I just figured, the thing, the thing that they told me, you know, they just taught me how to bump and run the ropes and like do some chain. And then they, you know, and for this particular match, um, Mays, who like pr- primarily worked with me, was just like, well, you know, the one thing we can give you since you know how to chain, we'll just give you a bunch of fancy arm drags. So, mm, yeah, I that makes like, sense. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I'm serious. So I did like a, uh, I did like the, I'm trying to think, what's, what's, I did like a, not like a steamboat arm drag. I know I did like a one, like a Lucha Libre one where I kind of ran up the, I scaled the, scaled the, the, the corner, jumped off, held the guy's arm and slung him across. And then I did one where I jumped over the, uh, I started from the opposite side, jumped over, hit the ground, and then brought him over from the opposite side, you know, really fancy ones. Oh, wow. You were the king of the arm drag that night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for a while, like for like Watch the next two Ronda years. <laughs> yeah. So like the next two years, guys would like randomly hit me up and be like, yo, man, you're the kid with the, with the good arm drags. You know, you had all this good <laughs> arm drags. I was, was like, yeah, I watched that, your match. Was it your finisher? Oh, 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 I forgot about this part of the angle too, man. You can find this on YouTube. So the angle that was leading up to it is that like, I made like some bad calls for the Hill. Right. And it cost uh-huh. them a match. He gets in my face, I push him over, and I humiliate him in front of the crowd, right? So <laughs> our sponsor was this pizza place. This gets good. And I kind of pitched this. I shouldn't have pitched it, but I just said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did that maybe? I don't know. That's on y'all. That's, that's y'all's product. I just throw that out there. So the, the, the gimmick was, you know, we're at, the, we're, we're at the sponsor's pizza shop. It's called Pizza Man Pizza at the time, and the promoter ended up buying it later on. But it's called Pizza Man Pizza. And uh, the gimmick was is that I'm getting the pizza and then Maze jumps me in the pizza shop. <laughs> like he takes me and throws me into the counter and my shoes fly off my feet. I get kicked mm-hmm. a bunch of times and I, you know, I do my best to sell it, oversell it. But, you know, it's whatever, you know, and uh, then it has the match. And how did that match go? Um, yeah, arm drags. But actually, one of the original <laughs> ideas <laughs> I had the four minute arm drag match and then I get hit with the, the double face buster. But the idea of that match was going to be, um, so you got hit with the double face buster and what happened? Yeah, basically. Yeah. He did like the elevated, like the Malenko (laughs) buster. I took it like all the way on my face. Like all my friends came to see that. And one of my, (laughs) yo dog. Yeah. He said, yo, I saw that match and he almost hit you in the face. I said, dude, he literally hit me in the face. I took that all the way up my face. And then I asked, I said, hey, man, after my match, can I get a chair shot? So my first match, I also got hit in the, in, you know, uh, you know, on the back with the chair. And that was brutal. But, you know, you know, whatever. It's for the art. It's for the art. <laughs> but you, the original you idea, asked him, I, had a, I had another original idea I wanted to, I wanted to pitch. Do you remember the developmental guy um, named Jason Sugarman? I uh, can't say I do now. I don't know if you remember him, but he was like, you know, he was one of Dusty Rhodes' boys. And Jason Sugarman also, like, after Dusty trained him, Dusty and Glacier, he uh, went up to Ohio for heart. He was going to be an original member of uh, Team Angle, but then something had happened where he got, like, some bad injury with his neck. And he just decided to quit wrestling, but then he came back because he was managing a gym out in Pensacola. And Mays kind of, like, like, just talked him into coming back for wrestling he was going to be my coach and we're going to work coach angle but i think he you know he'd much rather do bodybuilding and plus i think he injured himself again so he just said fuck it but yeah that was the story of my first match (laughs) so mr mr arm drag after your first match made you famous uh where Mm -hmm. did you go did did the pastors start getting greener did the arm drag Um, drag you into providence Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, this is, uh, you know, this is what it was for the most part. Uh-huh. Um, like a couple of Percy Pringle students were, 
you know, were there. There's a guy named Brutal Joe Gibson. And, you know, you know, he was a Monster Factory guy. And he, you know, he did some stuff here and there with ROH. He, you know, he's no longer in the business right now. But I, I remember him and I became friends that night because, like, he used to come and train and used to beat the shit out of us and then leave. You know, he was like a big 300-pound, four guy, you know. But after I had that match, he goes up to me after the match and he goes, he goes, Marcus, I just want to let you know, man, I've never had boners for men, but I've had two in my life. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, yeah, sure. I said, okay. He goes, the first boner, <laughs> going down to Orlando and watching ROH Best in the World or whatever, whatever show they had down there that year, was watching ROH live. And my second wrestling boner is you. So congratulations. I love you, kid. Even though yeah, that is a great I, compliment. Like, he, him. he just started before I did. So basically, yeah. Um, I, you know, a, a lot of the boys showed me love, you know, and uh, basically More I bonus. just kind of, I, I just basically kept like just kicked on the rocket boosters and tried to take off. Um, my, I've got a question, Marcus. Yes. Yes. So all these guys you're naming, it sounds like you're earlier in your career, have very Attitude Era names. <laughs> you they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your attitude? Come on. You could have gone by Marcus Gibbs your entire wrestling career. Actually, this is a oh, very good point. Well, okay. Okay. Um, that's a good point. Let's, uh, let's unpack that. So, so they, Come on, let's do it. Back, you know, they kind of moved me back as a referee. And one of the gimmicks was, is like, uh, I guess the booker just didn't know what to do with me. So he was just like, well, we keep him as a referee, but we're kind of like not let him ref a lot of matches, but keep him in training. Um, the, the promoter, the promoter and myself didn't get along. Um, promoter's a piece of shit. And he would try to play these mind games with me and I would never sell him. You know, that's the one thing that like a lot of the boys, you know, after they saw me wrestle, they would pull me aside and say, hey, Marcus, don't sell Dion's bullshit. His name was Dion Hargalor. He went as Alexander Hurst the third. It's a total piece of shit, kind of. Very and, attitude uh, error name, though. Very attitude error name. Oh no! Oh, 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 it gets better. So, so you know, he would try to play these mind games. And later, I found out is that the guy who trained, you know, who originally agreed to train me, which is uh, Johnny Mays or the Bruiserweight or <laughs> Mays. Well, well, he called himself the Bruiserweight a little later, but um, Johnny Mays. He told the, the promoter that um, I, I was basically training with him for free. He just wanted to help me out because I couldn't afford training, even though I was paying him. You know, I basically had to pay the promoter and then the promoter divvied up the money amongst amongst the, amongst the trainers. Anyway, he just kept his money for himself. So I had like this unknown, like weird heat with the promoter. Anyway, the booker at the time um, goes up to me. He goes. You know, and mind you, the Booker kind of did like a um, Ole Anderson gimmick because he kind of favored Ole Anderson from the '70s a lot, right? His name was Red. He, you know, he went as Red Anderson, and before that, he went as Panama Red because of marijuana. You know, he's a big dope smoker. Now he's in the <laughs> church and everything. You know, he turned his life around completely. Anyway, Red came up to me. He goes, "Hey, brother. You know, we we thought you was gonna be a flop in that match." But, you know, you really impressed me, man. You really shine bright in that match, brother, man. You know, you're going to have a really good future in this business. That's how he talked. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, cool, cool. You know, I was like jumping for joy in my mind and heart, but I kind of had to like, you know, I kind of played it straight lace because, you know, I didn't want to come off like a mark. 
you know, because that's just what they told me. This is like, yo, just be cool about everything. So, okay. So now we're going to get to the name. Um, I don't know if you saw some of my old pictures with the bow tie and all of that. Yes, I have seen those. So when I started. Yeah, we've active, seen these. We've seen these <laughs> okay. okay. So basically when we started really getting going and active going wrestling, um, uh, basically they, they paired me with a guy from Louisiana and he still wrestles to this day. His name is Justin Stone. Um, also known as the, uh, temple, of, you know, he used to go as the temple of pain, you know, you know, we're about similar in height, but he's like 260 pounds. He's kind of like a built, like a power lifter. Right. But he was doing mm -hmm. this gimmick, kind of lighting his mood up, you know, kind of like, uh, mid-south sheep herders. Now he's a bushwhacker. So he's doing like bushwhacker mode, but he was doing like the sexiest man in the world, even though. There probably wasn't anything appealing about him. You know, he got the little Hank Hill crew cut, you know, built like a squatty power lifter, you know, really cool guy. And, you know, one of my best friends in the business to this day, he's going as the sexiest man in the world. Right. Maybe it was ironic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. It was an ironic thing. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he became like, I guess they made him the cruiserweight champion, not because he was light is because he was under five foot ten. And um, you know, that's what it is. If you're under five foot ten, oh yeah, you're a cruiserweight, maybe. And you could be three hundred pounds, but they say, Oh yeah, you're a cruiserweight because you're short. Jesus. I'm sounds serious. Like, sounds, I shit. Sounds you logical to me. Sounds logical. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just the thinking of this just the logic and thinking of the, of of that era. So so they run this gimmick by me and they said they had this idea that's like, yeah, man, you need like a sexy man sidekick, like the sexiest man in the world sidekick. And I guess. Oh, no, you were, a, were you a butler? No, I was not a butler. I was not a butler. <laughs> Wait, was this suggested by the guy who had the boner for you? Um, He's the one that. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, guy yeah, who had the boner for you suggested that you have a sexy partner? Yeah, not like not like in a. Not like what do you in mean, a, not like in that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's boner. no way this isn't in that way. I'm just quoting how he said it. Like boner meaning like, yo, seeing your future makes me happy. Yeah. But sure, he used okay. the word boner. But you know, I there was no penetration in or around my body. <laughs> um, I think what you wanted and what happened aren't the same. But I so, think but, some yeah, clear, he uh, suggested that I do this. Here. Yeah, well, you know, I'm all about the ladies. I keep it, you know. I like my girls to look like 90-pound cokeheads, models. Oh, shit. I like my girls with cocaine high habits and a, and, a, and a Balenciaga shopping fetish. But anyway, so he's like, yo. He's like, yo, I think, I think Gibbs could be that – could do that sexy guy sidekick gimmick because – there's something in him, even though he seems straight laced. I think he can kind of bring that to the table. So they present it to me, and I'm just like, eh, I kind of don't want to do no dumb shit like that. But I just like figured, uh, I said, you know what? What the hell? Have fun with it. So basically, they 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 run the gimmick by me, and I was just like, well, okay, well, shit, I'm getting a debut, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to work matches now. So basically, I get like these, uh, you know, I get like these Rowdy Piper blue trunks. I still have them to this day. Um, black boots or whatever, and then I go to a like a tuxedo store, buy clip-on bow tie and some red suspenders. 
And I hide it under my ref gear. And then when they're having the show, they kind of play Justin Timberlake's I'm bringing sexy back. And uh, I took, I had like two bottles of baby oil and I hit them under the ring way before, you know, right when I got there. So two no one knew. bottles? Yeah. I had baby. <laughs> ba- two <laughs> bottles? Yeah. Two bottles of baby oil. <laughs> so basically all I did was this. I stripped down to my trunks with the bow tie and I took the bottles of baby oil and just dumped it on my body in the middle of the ring. <laughs> and then he slipped and slided. Bobby, oh, Bobby, what kind of guess? Bobby, what kind of guests are you bringing to this podcast? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Let's I, turn this podcast so, to Chippendales. I, I did. Yeah. I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just kind of just dumped this bottle of baby oil. And it, <laughs> it was great because, like, all the I old ladies, all the old ladies, the le- old ladies started standing up. They was like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh. Guy probably had a really hard boner. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, no. no. <laughs> this was his third boner. <laughs> old lady got one. <laughs> Them old ladies were jilling off when they went home. But, oh, oh, man. Oh, a white off so gross. But, uh, can we no, talk? Because I was kind of like working gimmick. I was in color vision. Old ladies had like dollar bills in their mouths. You know? <laughs> I like, I'm on something. You know what I'm saying? The, the wrestling, though. What happened to the wrestling? All right. So, <laughs> oh, no. The so. wrestling, part, the wrestling part happened like, uh, Later Years on that later. show, there they had some they had some spots that were there, you know. Um, I started wrestling, you know. I like basically, it, you know, it's just like running the mill matches. I just wrestle in that bow tie and blue trunks and do that. Um, yeah, I mean, fancy arm drags. Um, oh yeah, this is the other thing too because they had the sexy man gimmick. They were, all, you know, this is fresh off of ECW, so. Like when they saw the gimmick, there's just like, yeah, man, you kind of remind me of like Black Danny Doring, so you should use the bareback as a finish. So yeah, it was oh all my. like, okay, yeah, yeah okay. it was like Danny, it's like a Danny Doring gimmick. So it's like, and then you know when they ask what my name is, I say, a long story short, um, I, they said, what is your name? They said, well, I guess I'm just the Chocolate Boy Wonder. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That is so not Attitude Era. Such a Attitude Era name. Yeah, so I'm just like drenched. I am like covered head to toe in baby oil. And I said, I guess I'm just the chocolate boy wonder, huh? Oh, my God. And then everybody stands up and erupts like, yeah, chocolate boy wonder. So Surprised they stood up. Best part about that gimmick, I'm going to tell you. Wow. Um, Best part about that gimmick is that I can go up to the hottest girl in that room of a wrestling show, kiss her dead on the lips in front of her boyfriend, boyfriend bust out laughing. I don't know that's a good thing. Man. I, I, <coughs> I feel like my morals tapes. And, and fun values are. I feel like really, these tapes really, are on certain websites. Really in question here. Yeah, well. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I was you, on a show. You, silence, I, you, you shunned Adam to silence. Oh, oh, this is, the, oh, oh, this is, oh, oh, I'll tell you a story about that. Like, kissing Hard to get a word in so, so there was like this really gorgeous girl or whatever that came to one of these shows. And so I'm doing my gimmick of doing the shimmying and the dancing, right? And I walk through the crowd. I just kind of like cowboy strut up to this, you know, to this lady. And I look at her boyfriend. I said, is this your girl? And he's like, yeah. I said, not anymore, asshole. And then I just leaned over, kissed her right in the mouth, and then walked out. <laughs> you were a baby. You were a baby face then, right? Yeah, I'm a baby face. Yeah. 
But I just said, hey, this such is, a these are these are baby faces, gentlemen, just strippers. Well, this is what it was. Kiss, they designed me wooden. to be a hill, and 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 <laughs> you, I'm also very green. So, like, I you know, uh, the promoter at this time that I worked for, he just kind of let you develop yourself. You know, he kind of uh-huh. gave you a bullet point and just like, yo, you're going over tonight, and, and yeah. You got 12 minutes uh, to get promoter lets his talent get over themselves. So yeah. So you've got names like Metal Fucking Force One, Brute Fucking Fire, and you are Chocolate Baby Wonder. <laughs> oh no, Chocolate Boy Wonder. Fuck Chocolate Boy Wonder. Dude, yeah. Chocolate Robin. <laughs> Man, that is that is a hard mesh up. Today we've got we've got Who's your Batman? Metal Death Sex. Panther crap whore versus I did. <laughs> chocolate baby wonder. I'm, I like baby better. I don't know why it's stuck in my head. Well, the thing is, like, I had to stop <laughs> using the baby oil. That was just on my own own accord because I kind of like I had to think about the other guys that are in, in the ring after me. And I said, the last thing I need is a guy like breaking his ankle, spraining his ankle wait, because wait, my wait, baby wait, oil wait, was wait, on wait, the ropes. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's take a pause here. Yeah, this baby oil was a recurring thing. No, no, it happened uh, only a couple of times. It didn't. It didn't. It, it happened in the <laughs> beginning, just to like shocking it off, and then the rest of it was like straight wrestling. But I, I, I'll tell you where I got the gimmick from. Okay. The the baby, well, as far as the baby oil, um, in DDT there is a Japanese gimmick. There's a section called the Nawa or the Numanawa Brothers or something like that, and they do like the sexy man baby oil gimmick. So I just kind of mm. like took a Japanese gimmick and made it my own. That was kind of like very obscure and off in the corner in the Far East. And I brought it to the Southeast of the South and set the world ablaze. Set the world ablaze with baby oil. Can't hate yeah, on that. Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of baby oil. All right. So after starting your career as an arm dragging stripper, yeah. uh, where did you go from there? So where did I go from there? Um, <laughs> Let me think of a good, of a good. I, I want to make this. Hey, how, did you, how did you transition out of your stripper? <laughs> from Chippendale okay, well, to Hulk Hogan, or well, yeah. How did you go from being a stripper to an owner? Let's 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 go from that journey. Okay, well, the, the stripper gimmick kind of got just like like stale, or whatever, because it was just like the reason why I kind of like opted to move to a comedy gimmick is because like I was very green and very limited in the ring, and. Uh-huh. I said to myself, eventually, uh, you know, and, and, and I was still training at the time while I was getting matches. So I said to myself, I said, eventually, this is going to wear out. People are going to get bored and then they're going to say, hey, what else do you have? Yeah. What other tricks do you have? You can't you can't gyrate and shimmy all night because it gets boring. You know, comedy's only good with little dashes. You know, since I've been around, I've, I've realized that that there is too much com- you know there is such a thing as too much comedy in wrestling where people just kind of say ah fuck this shit you know yeah um, I know what you mean. so basically i was kind of like wanting to get away from it because people because it got to the point too where the boys would come up to me and be like yo can you like rub your dick on my aunt <laughs> can you gyrate on my aunt she's she's a no, this is just what the boys would tell me, and then you know, just to pop themselves. And I was just like, man, I need to be popping these fans, and not popping the boys, because at a certain point, I mean, and, and, and there's so only so many boys you can pop. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I walked into that one. Got shot right in the face on that. God, God. pause, pause. God. Oh, no. No. no, guys, not oh, what is this podcast? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> we used to be a wrestling podcast. Now we're a sex for old ladies podcast. A bunch of sexual perverts, deviants. <laughs> so no, I the, the oh no, they just switched my gimmick. They just kind of wanted to say like. uh the angle was is that like I was it going was for like one of the titles. and uh, like one of the more heavyweight titles. They kind of like moved me out of the cruiserweight thing, and uh-huh. they wanted me to like secondary title status because um, oh, okay. I kind of worked enough to where I can kind of like hold my own. So, and this is kind of like skipping a lot of stuff. So, to the major point where I, I kind of did this thing where they kind of said, okay, well. You know, we're gonna get rid of the the the, the sexy man gimmick, and we're gonna give you this gimmick where you're kind of more Sydney Portier ish, where you just don't like you don't like all that perversion and stuff, and you're more straight and narrow. But you're the straight uh-huh. and narrow guy, but then you have like this pent up aggression, vicious streak, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, they switched the name again to like Mister Marcus, and 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 originally they wanted to take Chocolate Boy Wonder, leave <laughs> it like the porn guy, right? So you went from Chocolate Boy Wonder. To, to Mr. Marcus. To a, to a porn star name. <laughs> yeah, they just give me like, yeah, you're Mr. Marcus. You're Mr. Marcus. You're like Sydney Portier, but you still fuck on these girls, right? <laughs> the original gimmick was that I, I was supposed to be listen, check this out, man. So I was supposed to be alluding to this woman called the princess, right? And I was supposed to be okay. this black dignity and pride and this big thing, like I was this black lion. I don't know, you know, mind you, these are weirdo hipsters that are writing this gimmick so they're my friends but you know it is what it is so so they're telling me they're running down this gimmick and they're saying hey man we want to work on this thing called you know you're gonna have this this elusive benefactor called the princess right and the gimmick was that i'm kicking all of this black pride around the gimmick was is that or the payoff to the gimmick to kind of get me more hill heat is that even on this big black pride thing, I show up with a uh, blonde hair, blue eyed white girl as my manager. Mm. <laughs> Needless to say, we didn't do it. <laughs> we additioned a couple of girls, right? Like uh-huh. the, the Dion, he, <laughs> Dion uh, basically got like, you know, he babysat like his side job at the time because he was disabled. He was babysitting strippers' uh, children. <laughs> Wait, I have a. Isn't this the same kind of gimmick you gave Justin Briggs, with the the yes please shirts and all that shit? No, Ju- Justin Briggs did that for himself. <laughs> we. <laughs> I want. Why, why does Briggs. every green wrestler want to be a stripper? <laughs> why is that their go to? It's for like Dustin they want Briggs. Like Chippendales. Like I can do that in a wrestling ring. Fuck yeah! For for, for, di- for Dustin, the original the original idea I wanted him to be. I wanted him just to be like. Oh, you know, like those old cowboys, like Gene Altry and all of that. I wanted him to be a black singing cowboy, like this, this clean cut, you know, happy trails to, you know, one of them, like a, just a, like blazing saddles with a singing cowboy. And then he was just like, oh, no, this is not cowboy apparel. I grew up on a farm. I was like, dude, no one. People, you know, when we think about farms, we think about overalls. You're wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. You should be a singing cowboy. But he said he was a farm kid. So he, you know, he ended up being 
something else like the rock or something but yeah i you know my idea for him was to be a cowboy but going <laughs> going back to uh why yeah. what why, so why is it everyone's go-to when they get they're new into the industry why do they want to be this sex appeal person i, I don't um, i think for dustin want to show off their sweet wrestling bod yeah i think for dustin briggs's case i think like uh like older women like the way he looked you know you know he's built like the terminator and you know he's got like the terminator body you know and i guess like the women saw him out there and they just kind of like what he you know they like what was going on with the merchandise you know they wanted to <laughs> taste the merchandise on the tip of the tongue i guess i don't know oh jesus <laughs> uh, the fuck you know, let's just move see if they want to see fast and breaks the tongue <laughs> I don't but, know. See, I I think to me the only person, the only there's two people that can pull it off, and it's ravishing Rick Rude and HBK. That is yeah, it. Well, that is it. If the, you want to try out, if you want to try it, you're doing it wrong because they did it best. Yeah. Well, partly too. Like you also got to have like, I mean, if you want to be a serious, uh, sexy man, you got to have a good body. Like, you know, at the time when I started. I look like a fucking twink. So <laughs> I look like a fucking twink with an S curl, but you know, I kind of put on weight because I was just like, this looks like bullshit. I hate this. I need to get bigger. So, you know, I said, I don't care how I do it. I don't care if I'm fucking fat. I'm not going to look like a twink, but. <laughs> so you went from stripper yeah, to strippers. To we got twinks. To we got boners. We've got. Man. This is a very raunchy period of your career. So yeah, and then we've so but but the but the thing with the manager, I, I just want to get with the manager. So they they had like the white girls, and we addition we addition a couple of like white chicks. There was like a there was a like a stripper chick who kind of looked like you know she looked kind of youngish and cute because that's what the the booker wanted at the time. You know he wanted like a youngish, cute looking girl, but she was married and her boyfriend was kind of a weirdo. Or her husband was kind of a weirdo, and I was like, I don't want to work with no married chick because if you know, if I want to kind of push the envelope with this, you know, we got to go get approval and shit from two people, you know, because I'm all about consent, <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> I don't need no girl's husband fucking up the, fu you know, fucking up my money. So we get her, and then we find the second chick who was perfect. She was a redhead though. Um, she was like a little older. She was like maybe in her early 30s at this time, um, but she, but she was cool. Uh, but then she ended up not being able to do it. Um, but I think like, like one of the boys, like while I was trying to like, you know, while we were working on the gimmick and talking about it at a show, um, <laughs> one of the boys uh, tried to like finger her in the car or something. <laughs> God damn. Oh, <laughs> he tried to, he tried I, to I, I'm sorry. Her. I forgot yeah. to tell y'all this is an X-rated podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, children, listen to this and you'll learn something about sex education. This is just absurd. We're rubber. We're rubber. Matter of fact, don't listen to me. Anyway, <laughs> don't listen to Marcus Gibbs. Listen to Marcus Merton. She couldn't. She, she yeah. couldn't. She listen couldn't to make it. listen to lawyer Marcus Merton. He will get you out of all the trouble that this podcast gets you into. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, just. Guys, if you're wrestling, you're young in the business. Just be be a gentleman. Don't don't uh, if you if you have a female. Man I'm putting the PSA out. If you have a female manager, be a gentleman. That is your work 
uh, that is your work, uh, compadre or what do you comrade? I don't know. What's that word? Anyway, that's, that's your business partner. Don't shit where you eat guys. If you're young in the business with a cute young manager, that is your business partner. Don't fuck your money. So, but yeah, so we auditioned her. She was perfect. And then she ended up couldn't do it because of the weird thing with the wrestler. I think that's what I thought. But anyway, we got this other girl who was a redhead and she was kind of weird looking. And, uh, <laughs> Again, Joe Gibson shows up and he's like, oh, that girl's ugly as shit. Fuck no. You don't need no manager. Um, so <laughs> That girl's ugly as shit. No, oh. she was. And then, that's that's got to find- real, be real discouraging for like that poor girl that tried out. It's like, yeah, you got the part, mom. And then she comes in like, that girl ugly as shit. Fuck no, you don't need no manager. She goes home, mom, they told me I was ugly. Well, no, it gets better because she was training with us and then um, – oh, this podcast is getting weird now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, she was a God, student and she trained for now? like maybe four months with us. <laughs> oh, it's getting even weirder. So she was training four months with I can't, and for the life of me, I can't think of what that lady's name was. Um, anyway, she trained for us for four months and come to find out she ended up going to the hospital and she found out she was pregnant for four months and miscarried a baby because she was bumping. So she was gone. What in the actual fuck? Yeah, man. I know. I told you this will be. I don't, I don't know if I told you this will be an interesting adventure. So, man, what is going on? So yeah, she miscarried her baby. Poor thing, you know. But like, so we just went ahead and like, uh, they kind of just pushed me to be like this character where it's just like, you know, kind of like uh, Hideo Itami Kenta's like respect me or I'm gonna kick your ass. So basically, they paired me up with a guy named Carlos D'Angelo. And Carlos D'Angelo has a has a very uh, has a very colorful history or family history. If you look up look up a guy named Dewey D'Angelo from Mississippi, he you know I'm not going to go into it from there because it'll. But just go look up Dewey D'Angelo and the Dixie Mafia. But okay. not to incriminate nobody because this is his dad's long gone and dead. But you know, but um, right, that's, that'll be an interesting history project to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For our, just for our heel fans. Anyway, but me and me and Carlos had like um a really good explosive matches. Like we beat the shit out of each other, you know. Um, um, like uh like our blow off, they had it like in clip form fashion. I wore and and, and in the blow off match, I wore like these white pleather trunks, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> with a gold Africa on the back. With a gold Africa on the back. I had Let's a go. gold Africa put on the back of these white pleather, like hologram trunks that I had that were too small because the gimmick lady that I used at the time that used to make my trunks would make my trunks too small. And I used to get mad at her until like, yo, give me like some good shit that go over my belly button, you know, because I'm getting mm-hmm. a gut. And but anyway, wouldn't it just have so been better if, to if, be just so if you want to look at the video, just look for some white pleather trunks. Anyway, we had like these really uh, like strong style tight matches. I wouldn't call them strong style. Um, you know, they were like, you know, for where I'm at, you know, I would like to call them. We had like these like mid-south style matches where they, they were just hard hitting back and forth battles, you know, and it kind of like elevated my profile. So that kind of got me out of it. And then also I give Carlos a lot of props, too, because we did a show in a town called Biola Batteries outside of Mobile, Alabama. Um, for Bob Holly. It was a show that Bob Holly was co-promoting. And this is like a little bit after, uh, you know, we had our initial feud. Carlos just kind of like put a, you know, put a, a bug in, in Bob Holly and uh, the other promoter's ear. Well, Bob Holly was like the face of it, but the other guy was the promoter. 
about me on the show. So we opened the show and we wrestled for like 20 something minutes and just going hard because basically I just felt like if I didn't do good, Bob Holly was going to kill me. <laughs> no, cause no, nah, nah, and this is an interesting story with Bob Holly. Cause uh, Bob, Bob sat there and he was just like, okay guys, um, I just want to let you know, I just want you to do your best. Um, at least give me 10 minutes because if you don't give me 10 minutes, you and I are going to have a talk. And he said this to everybody in general. He goes, we're going to go have a talk and you won't like what I have to say about you if you can't go 10 minutes. And he was like looking around. He's got like, I don't know if you ever met Bob Holly in person. He's a nice guy, but he's like a guy that's just like, he'll kick your ass if you fuck with him. He's not going to like take no bullshit and he won't bullshit with you. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, as far as that, I mean, he'll joke with you, but he won't bullshit with you. Also, Luke Hawks was on the show. And this is when Luke Hawks was starting to get big and jacked. So, you know, and they were in the main event. It was really good. But anyway, so I'm having this match and I'm like, I'm like almost gassing out because I'm just I'm I'm having to step on the, the fucking turbo boosters because I know Bob Holly. I can look out. I can look over the ring and I can see Bob Holly's like ice, ice cold dagger eyes looking out the curtain. <laughs> uh-huh. I was just like, man, I got to do it. So we're doing all sorts of, we're going, we're going crazy. We're going over the top. And this is open to match. Like we had to like blow that shit up. So we get back and Bob Holly looks at me. He's like, fuck kid, you did hell of a job. You know, he's a, well, you know, there's some little things here and there, man, you know, but um, you know, you guys did a hell of a job opening up the show. You know, I mean, you fucking made it easier for everybody. Thanks a lot. I, I really appreciate it. So I, I took that to heart and I was just, and he didn't really, you know, he's like really humble. You know, when I said that to honor, he was just like, oh, there ain't no need for that, man. Just, you know, you just did a good job, man. You know, you, ain't, you know, I ain't nobody. I'm just, I'm Bob, you know, I'm one of y'all. So yeah, that's, that's part of the beginning. <laughs> man, your beginning of your career. You know who Bob Holly really likes? Your current Dude. Intercontinental Champion, I think. I haven't watched Raw yet. Dolph Ziggler. He does. Well, yeah. He really likes I like him. Dolph Ziggler. He's the fucking man. He's the motherfucking man. So, yeah. I mean, um, but yeah. I mean, the Bob Holly part was cool. And then we did a couple more shows with Bayou LaBatch. Bob Holly, uh, since like after that first show, Bob Holly just kind of moved up to Iowa and he married his... Uh, his original high school street sweetheart. So he's, he's off in Iowa happy. You know, he does shows here and there. I know he does a lot of shows for Booker T. I haven't, you know, I haven't done anything for Booker T yet, but hopefully in the future, maybe. He did. Maybe he'll get you to do a sexual spinner Ernie. Oh well, God. I don't, uh, well, uh, oh, you know, uh, those oh. sexual, those <laughs> sexual man wrestling days are, are well, well behind me. You know, um, I'm gray and kind of fat now, so I still wear trunks, but I'm still kind of fat. It's not the same anymore. I'm not that young. I'm not that young knockout chocolate boy wonder kid. <laughs> you so, know. so what are you doing nowadays? Um, yes, let's talk about nowadays, please. Nowadays, I am back to being in singles competition because you know the the tag team stuff was even, even, even funner. But I'm I'm back to singles competition now, man. Because I, you know, like I said, like I spent like five or six years on and off in tag teams a lot. And I was just like, you know, it's time for me to like go ahead and just see what I can do on my own again. And, you know, like I was in the main event of a show just recently last week, you know, we're working on a nice 
little, 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 you know, little deal going back and forth with a kid named, uh, well, he's not a kid because he started the same time I did, named Cameron Thomas. You know, looks like looks like Channing Tatum crossed uh-huh. mixed with our quarterback. Why does he will, go straight with the stripper? He looks just like Channing Tatum, you know, the stripper. Well, well, he looks like well, well, I, I just say he looks like Channing Tatum, just like in the face. That's just how he resembles, you know. But he's kind of like the star quarterback, the first string, you know, quarterback who basically is paranoid of his spot and will do everything to sabotage the other quarterbacks, you know. So he's the coach. Yeah, he's the, he's the coach's son, but he's but he's on the he's on the um you know he's got the good the good build, two hundred thirty pounds, six foot one, six foot two, you know, athletic is all hell, you know, you know he's like the modern day, you know, modern day uh, huh, what's a good what's a good uh modern day Chris wow. Masters he's like Chris Masters, you know, ooh, he's like Chris Masters in a star quarterback. So Chris Masters with shorter hair. Yeah. Well, his hair is about the same same length. But, yeah, my tag team stuff. I got to get back to the tag team stuff I want to tell you about. So my main tag team was the team called the Onyx. And uh, the original the original member was like me and this guy named Robin Golfin, right? I kind of patterned, you know, I kind of patterned the team after like Kendrick in London where it was like this young, fast, like fast action team. And, uh, you know, um, we like we worked a couple times with me and Robin and Robin lives in North Carolina and he's kind of like 130 pounds, you know, real fast and agile. I don't know if he ever put on weight, but like um, then um, basically he moves back up to the Carolinas. And then I I started teaming with a guy named T.A. Jones, 200 and uh, at the time, maybe 220 pounds. Uh And but anyway. So I, I want to tell you this story. So we're working place in Pensacola where it's like they're running shows every week out of like a strip mall. So it is all we had the guys that gave me the chocolate boy wonder gimmick. Huh? A lot of the boys kind of like what happened? And you kind of went out. Happened? You went out. I couldn't. I didn't oh, hear what you said. Okay. Okay. Um, where, where did I go out at? Like forty seconds ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, we were working over oh, like on the other side of Pensacola because at the time when we were uh, wrestling, there were two promotions in Pensacola. Like the like downtown Pensacola was Ultimate Wrestling is where we all started. Well, some of us all started. Then there was another one, like an opposition called uh, All Pro Wrestling, APW. And we all went to APW. And APW was like known for being uh, not – like like the cheer promotion, but a lot of the boys went over there because you know we kind of wanted to put the middle promote the shows and always try to get them something. So they had some other guys take over uh, as Booker, who eventually and, and they stole another kind of Alabama from him. And I and I'll get into that anyway. So so this is going to get interesting. Again. So I worry you know, when you say working, yeah, so we're working. So, so, so this show runs on Sundays, and we are killing Ultimate. You know, we are basically killing Ultimate because we're running every week, and Ultimate runs twice, twice a month. They run uh-huh. every other week. Uh-huh. So we run it every Sunday, and we basically start like destroying these fools. Because, like, basically, 
and it was a perfect storm for them because like APW had a free show on Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving is always the money shows for wrestling, you know? So basically they had a free show for wrestling. And uh, at the time, the reason why we was over there because Scott Armstrong was helping the book over there and he runs into Joe Gibson because Scott Armstrong and Joe at the time lived in the same town. And Joe was basically uh, Joe wrestled with, wrestled with Scott Armstrong on a show in Alabama. And uh, basically, like, Scott basically worked with Joe a couple times, and he really was impressed with Joe. And he's like, Joe, you know, you need to kind of, like, start working your way towards our way so we can kind of, so I can kind of put the bug in people's ear, get you a look up north to, to New York, you know. They, you know, he kind of wanted to suggest him to, to WWE, and all that stuff, you know, because Scott had just, and this is when Scott was just, uh, like, Scott was released. So Scott was back working his other, you know, his regular, just a regular nine to five and just doing his thing and doing indie shots. Um, basically, he saw Joe after working those two, it was just like, brother, please come out. Because we got a bunch of guys here that, or that you know, that could probably use your help. And so Joe was just going to originally go, and I wasn't going to go to APW. Joe calls me. After he's already up there talking to the promoter, he's like, hey, Marcus, man, hey, come up to uh, Pensacola and uh, let's talk with this promoter. And I was like, eh, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. They're kind of like the, you know, these are kind of like the mud show boys. I'm going to be on shows with them. So needless to say, he called me like every 30 minutes, every, you know, every 30 minutes on the dot until I said, you know, until I caved and went over there. And so we're going over there. And it, it, it was me and Joe and we worked the match. And, that, and that's on YouTube, too. We worked the match. And... Uh, Basically, the finish was, I think it was like a, I did like the thing in the corner, jumped over him and he clotheslined me, penned me. Scott Armstrong uh, <laughs> turns around to the boys. He, you know, he turns around to the boys that were on the show and these are a lot of Mississippi boys. He goes, that's how you do a fucking match, man. You short, sweet, get to the point, man. None of the other bullshit y'all doing. Y'all get that shit like that, like that, man. And then when we get back, he's like, yo, man, I love what y'all doing. Um... Y'all doing a, you know, the British, the British wrestling shit. I like that British chain wrestling shit, man. That's, you know, and I, I'm not saying it exactly how Scott uh, Armstrong course. says it because, you know, but, you know, he's just like, yeah, man, I really like the stuff that y'all doing. So I was like, cool, cool. You know, so, um, you know, you know, and, and, and we're there for shots here and there because like they were in another building and then they moved way across to this other building. And then that's when we really started going anyway. So. You know, like uh, Joe was kind of like in a rut at the time. And uh, he was just looking for new things to kind of like refresh his gimmick. So Gibson, and you could see this and you can find these pictures on here. On this, A lot of this stuff is documented. So Joe mm -hmm. finds, you know, th th and this is when the Jersey Shore was was hot. And, and Gibson is half Italian. So Joe yeah. is just like, let me go ahead and find some, uh, you know, he found some some tights, some like some black and pink tights that had like basically stars and like ladies sitting back to back, kind of like the mud flap, you know, the mud flap ladies for trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah talking tights, about. Right. And he gets like these fuzzy like boot covers and uh he changed his name to Joey Franchise, you know. He don't pump fit, he don't pump gas, he just pumps his fist, you know, like Jersey Shore. And then I kind of like <laughs> revitalized. Uh, the chocolate boy wonder and we do this gimmick called team magnum you know you know everybody's team you know magnum. everybody's favorite wrestler not mill's favorite wrestler that shout out to uh 
Shout out to Barrington Hughes, superstar right there. You, you and you, y'all know him, Barrington Hughes. Shout out to him, but not the Mills' favorite wrestler. But it's like your mom says hi. We're the we're Team Magnum, right? Two Magnums in the pit. <laughs> just two Magnums, yeah. just balling out. What can you say? Yeah, yeah. So basically, it Chocolate Boy Wonder Joey franchise. And this is when, like, um, uh, Joe's trainer or the guy who helped mentor him in the business, Percy Pringle used to go to a lot of the shows, too, you know. So, mm-hmm. that, you know, that was a fun locker room because all the Mobile boys used to come there. Percy used to be there. And uh, we used to rib, you know, we used to rib people a lot, you know, because we kind of like all the Mobile boys and some of the Pensacola boys would, like, bully all the Mississippi kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're talking about stuff like. I'm not going to incriminate my stuff here, but you know, like dead animals in places, poop. Oh, in what? Places. okay. What is? Uh, so like, so basically, what I'm learning, basically from these conversations, you, you've just been a horrible person, haven't you? Was was that your wrestling career was mm-hmm. like, was like a a middle schooler's dream <laughs> frat house? Oh, oh, I want to tell you, I want to tell you a good rib. You want to hear a good rib that backfired on me? All right, well, this is going to have to be the last one because we got to get going. So give me a last good story. Okay, well, damn, then there has to be a part three. <laughs> we, we, will, we will have we will, a part we will three. We'll do a part three. Okay, we'll definitely well, then have we'll be back on the show and finish up with this. We'll end on this note because this is a good one. So All right, there, was good. This tag team, there was this tag team called Team Elite. They're, uh, they're no longer a tag team. Anyway, the older member of the team, he's like almost 40 years old, and he was kind of like a fat guy. And um, – he used to change in these, uh, you know, when we used to uh, change in the locker room, our chairs were like office furniture, right? So mind you, office furniture have, um, <laughs> they have cloth in them, right? So this guy would change and he would be raw butt on the seat, right? Raw ass. And uh, basically he stood up to put, you know, pull a singlet up. I look down, I see a little streaky streak, right? Oh God! Little 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 little, little, little Dookie Raceway on the chair. Oh, uh, down, and I kind of laugh and chuckle a little bit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and at the time on the show, this is when he was going back and forth to India, TNA kind of. Road Dog was on the show, and I go up the road. Road Dog, I say, uh, uh-huh. this is before I got back to Deb. He was just doing indie stuff. I said, hey, uh, Brian, man, um. I said, Brian, please uh, be discreet, but um, homeboy over there, raw ass in the seat, and he left a big-ass doo-doo stain. So if you want to see it, just kind of walk over there, look down at the seat, and have a laugh, you know? My dog's like, word? Word, I'm going to see this. So he kind of just walks up there casually. He goes up to the guy. He goes, hey, Marcus Gibbs said you left a big shit stain in office. <laughs> turn- <laughs> so for the next month, I had to kind of like um, go up, you know, They'll hide my um hide my gear bag and show up in the locker room with like empty fake gear bags so no one would rip me. So <laughs> oh man, wait a bit. Be- oh. under my clothes. Jeez. So, that's just, wow, just so, for trying yeah. to just for trying to be kind, like, hey man, there's poop in that chair, don't sit in it. I know, right? <laughs> Fuck yeah. I said, hey, Marcus just said you took a shit in the chair. I want to see the shit stain. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, All right, Marcus, have a good day. Just walked out. Man, that gunshot was like a fucking the American Revolution. Just boom, backfire, gunpowder right and then the in the guy goes, "Oh, Marcus! Oh, Marcus Ribs Gibbs, huh? Okay, okay, you got to the like." So I guess the rib was that the fact that I was trying to hide my bag from getting ribbed. So I kind of ribbed myself twice. Yeah. So, but yeah, there needs to be a part three because there's a lot more ribs to be had. 
Oh, we will we will definitely have you back on the show, Marcus. It was a pleasure sitting down with you this time. All right, uh, man. We've we've learned more things about you. Some uh more risque, let's say, than others. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a rap career I can talk about if you want. <laughs> um oh god, we're just gonna have a Marcus Gibbs anthology, aren't we? Well <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny and interesting. Well, it's more funny than interesting. The forty-seven part series, Marcus Gibbs. I know, right? Yeah, this is like a James Michener novel. It's like the novel of Hawaii. It starts it's fifteen hundred pages starting from the, the Paleolithic inception of the of the state. <laughs> hmm, probably right. There's a lot of baby oil. Uh yeah. Sounds like yeah. it'd be a primordial ooze, something like that. Yeah, it, well, yeah. there was a lot of female primordial ooze. Or old lady. I got some good old any lady. Shout outs? Any, any, any shout outs for the week before we, I just yeah, any, uh, before we get any, canceled? Yeah, any any current wrestling promotions you're under? I, right now, my regular is IPW, Impact Pro Wrestling. Um, um, I'm working for Wes Adams again. So shout out to Wes Adams, who was a real good guy. And he's, he's going to bring me some sweet Andre Dawson baseball cards because I, you know, he's my favorite baseball player. Player back in the day when I was a little kid, cool, and cool, uh, cool. so I'll be on that show. And uh, IPW is my regular, and uh, I was working a show in Dothan, Alabama, every week um, called New Wave. I don't know when they're going to start back up, um, but I'll be back over there in New Wave when they start. You know, whenever they get ever, you know, whatever situation they have straightened out about their ring or building, um, I'll be back over there. And uh, yeah, you know. And whoever wants to book me, you know, I got a crew full of guys that I roll with and I'm still kind of training kids. So, you know, anybody, any promoters that want to hear some or want to hear some weird stories. Um, <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, subscribe to this podcast, too. Because, uh, But yeah, I, you know what? I've also got some other weird stories that I'll tell you that in the beginning of my career that I forgot about. But um, for another time, gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, yes, 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 we will. All right, heels. Um, well, I'm gonna go to. Uh, I'm gonna. Go, I think I'm gonna go to the CEO of New Japan thing this weekend. Bobby, you wanna roll? Uh, what day? Because I work Saturday this week. But I, I, I should be. Down. Yeah, it's Saturday. I should be down. Probably do that. Where's it at? Some, All right, just yeah. Uh, just I think some, it's on the beach. Yeah, I'll throw you some info. So shout out to uh, shout out to New Japan CEO. Might go see some Golden Lovers this weekend. Uh, so shouts to them and uh, give shout outs to baby oil for you. Yeah. Shout, well, shout out and to them. New Japan, they are really making leaps and bounds. I just want to say, my favorite dude on that on New Japan is Tomohiro Ishii. That's a killer. Oh, I like Ishii. Yeah, Ishii's great. Him and Suzuki, Suzuki, Suzuki Gun, Suzuki Gun. That's the type of wrestler I, mean, I wanted to be Minaro Suzuki, but I ended up baptized in baby oil. I like. I like <laughs> I like Chase <laughs> Owens. Yeah, I like him Chase too. Owens the growing up. Chase Owens is growing up. Shout out to Well, all right, Heels. We will join you next time, and maybe we'll have some more Gibb stories to tell. Oh, yeah. I got, yeah, I have I got a, good a whole one. bunch of them. All right. Heels, <laughs> heels out. All right, heels later. out. Catch you next time. Peace. Peace.